Hey everybody, this is Chuck Smith and I am back with another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works for our show Der Ausblick in which we will be previewing the upcoming Bayern Munich versus FC Cologne match in the Bundesliga. So let's start just taking a quick look at where each team is at in the standings. And for Bayern Munich, it's a familiar spot atop the Bundesliga table. The Bavarians have won three of their last five games, but the last two have been a bit of a struggle. Of course, Bayern Munich earned a 3-3 draw with Armenia Bielefeld on February 14th. And then last week, uh, took a little bit of a hit against a very strong and very determined Eintracht Frankfurt team in which they lost a 2-1 decision. As for FC Cologne, it's been even more of a struggle. Uh, Cologne sits at 14th in the table. They have five wins, six draws, and 11 losses. They've been outscored 36-20, and they've dropped three of their past five games. The last two weeks, they dropped a 2-0 decision to Eintracht Frankfurt back on February 13th, and last week dropped a 1-0 decision to VFB Stuttgart. And that has kind of set the tone for where we're at. Two teams that have scuffled a bit in the league, but obviously who are headed in different directions overall. Uh, the Bavarians will be a big favorite in this match. Uh, Cologne has not had the best seasons, uh, best of seasons, obviously. Um, with their 21 points, they're just three above 15th place Hertha Berlin and 16th place Armenia Bielefeld who each have 18 points. Mainz has 17 while sitting in 17th place. And lowly dumpster fire Schalke is down in 18th place with 9 points. As for Cologne, uh, this, is a, this is going to be a bit of a struggle for them. It has not been the best season for Cologne. Uh, they've really struggled in a lot of ways. Obviously, offensively, they've had a lot of trouble scoring goals. And while they haven't been terrible defensively, uh, it, it just has not been a uh, productive season overall. Uh, that said, they do have some talent. And I think that the key player, if you're a Bayern Munich fan, to keep an eye on in this match will be a player whose name I am hopefully not going to butcher. And that is Elvis Rejbetzai who is with Cologne on loan from Wolfsburg. So if we look at Reg Betzai and what he brings to the table, he's obviously uh, Cologne's biggest scoring threat. And that's a not saying a lot, but he is a player that, that Bayern Munich will absolutely have to account for. Uh, he really does represent the best scoring option for uh, Cologne at this stage of the season uh, with his seven goals in league play. So this is uh, this is definitely going to be a, a bit of a struggle uh, for Cologne, especially against a Bayern Munich defense that, that looked very, very solid uh, at times uh, against Lazio in the Champions League earlier in the week. Uh, it would appear in this in this game that Cologne is is going to uh, to struggle both offensively and defensively. I'm just not sure that they have the overall depth and talent to really contain Bayern Munich's offense, and I just don't know if they have enough scoring capability to really break through the Bayern defense. So let's just take a quick look at at where Bayern is at as a team uh, coming into this match. Obviously, like I just said, the 
the big win over Lazio in the Champions League earlier this week really set a tone in a lot of ways because it looks like uh, that Hansi Flick, with all of the players that he's missing, could settle on uh, a very good and uh, dependable starting 11 for this match if he rolls out the same lineup against La- that he did against Lazio. Uh, the the X factor could be Serge Gnabry, who is rumored to be ready to go or at least appear in the game. I would find it doubtful that Flick would lean on Gnabry so early. I think this is this is one of those injuries uh, when it comes to anything muscular that you don't want to rush back from, and if you don't need Gnabry in this one, you might not want to use him at all. If you're determined to use him, uh, I would say use him as a substitute. But I would be perfectly comfortable if Flick just rolled out the same lineup that he did against Lazio. And, of course, that would be led by Robert Lewandowski uh, at striker with Kingsley Coman and Leroy Sané at the wings. Jamal Musiala sitting in that attacking midfield slash second striker role that is typically occupied by the COVID-19 recovery player in Thomas Muller and of course the midfield double pivot of Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka and the defense in that game anyway that consisted of Alfonso Davies, David Alaba, Jerome Boateng and Nicholas Sula. Now we could see Luca Hernandez make an appearance in the starting 11 this week. It'll depend on how much that Flick wants to Switch things up. Uh, It would not be out of the realm of possibility that Hernandez steps in at either left back or that left center back role. Uh, It would that would be about the only change I could see being made at this point. Obviously, Benjamin Pavar is not yet ready to go with his own bout of COVID nineteen, so we should see Nicholas Sula back at it right back. Which I mean, if if you're like me, you thoroughly enjoyed his performance against Lazio. And not just because he put on a little bit of a dribbling display and that he showed some creativity and, and was just overall solid defensively. It was it was really just about him looking like he was enjoying the game and in form. Uh, one of the things that's really struck me about Sula this year is he, he has not looked all the time like he's enjoyed playing. And part of that, I'm sure, is, you know, in that first year, you know, first 12 to 24 months of ACL coming back after ACL surgery, there's always a bit of, um, I guess, a lack of confidence, not just in your ability, but in your knee. And I think Sula has really been affected by that. I'm sure that's me guessing, but so many athletes have talked openly about how they felt after such an injury. And, and they always say that the first year is really, really tough. And it's not just the physical aspect of it. It's the mental aspect, having the confidence in your knee to make the same sprints, to make the same cuts, and uh, to be able to do the same things. And I think you know, that, that not only affects how you perform or your confidence, it affects your overall enjoyment of the game. I mean, how can you enjoy yourself playing what you love to do if you're constantly either thinking about your injury or worried that you could injure yourself again, or you just don't feel like you can do all the same things. And I think that's really been a big part of what has driven Sewell to have kind of an up and down season. There have been times where he's looked excellent and there have been other times where he's been a bit of a mess. And I think that the way he projected earlier in his career that at this stage, you know, minus the injury that he had, we all thought he would be the drop dead number one center back in Germany at this stage and would be that way for another six to eight years at least. I don't know if he's at that level right now. I mean, I'm inclined to say he's not, but I don't think 
it's a level that he can't attain. I think he can get there. I think he will get there. But he's going to have to get over this hump, whether it's confidence or whether it's just something physical. He needs to get through this. And I think that the big key will be just surviving this year with his confidence intact. This has not been an easy year for Sula, has not been an easy year for the team by any means, despite their phenomenal record. But to be able to get him back and on the right track, I think is one of the things that could really be a huge boost to the squad as they head into the stretch run in the season. Obviously, with Sula, you, you look at some of the things off the field that could be affecting him, too. And when Byron announced the signing of Dayo Upamuncano from RBA Leipzig, it really, I know if I was a player, I would have to be kind of questioning my own status at the club. I'd have to be wondering why they went out, spent a decent amount of money on a right-footed center back that would seemingly be in direct competition with me. And I think Sula, for whatever reason, you know, I think that that not only did that affect him, uh, I just think that you know he's probably starting to have a little doubt on whether he is truly in Bayern Munich's plans. And you know, even if he is in those plans, is this a situation where he wants to kind of sit there every week and wonder if he's going to be used? Now, I know we've seen some reports that Bayern is not especially worried about having two right-footed center backs in the lineup. Uh, and we've seen Sula do this before. Uh, when he was part of the three-man rotation with Mats Hummels and Jerome Boateng, he was often used on the left side uh, when he played with Boateng and then would switch over to the right side when he played with Hummels. So uh, it's not a role that Sula would be unfamiliar with, but I think when he starts to look at his future and assess what he wants to do, he's really going to have to to make a calculated decision on does he want to spend you know the next few years wondering if he'll be in the starting 11 or should he make a move to a place where he thinks that won't be a question so you know this is just one small game in Sula's career and obviously in the grand scheme it won't mean that much but it would be great to see him build some momentum start to regain that comfort level on a consistent basis and continue heading in the right direction. I think it would just be a huge, huge boost for the team. And when he is on, he is a phenomenal defender. He brings a lot to the table physically, and he's got good passing. He's got good footwork, as we, we got to see against Lazio. And, you know, just overall, he is one of the guys on the team that I think that they look to as a as a player that, that – you know, the guys like being around. He's always, you know, when you see the videos that Byron posts, he's always joking and talking with his teammates, seems to get along with a lot of them. And I just think overall from a morale standpoint that, you know, getting Sula back up to his his best form would just be advantageous for Hansi Flick and, and the whole roster. So that'll be a key thing that I'm going to look for. Hopefully Flick rolls Sula back out again. Uh, if he's feeling okay and, and that we get a chance to see the big man going up and down the, the right flank or even from center back, if that's where Flick opts to use him and, and you know just see another good performance from him. <sighs> Overall, I mean, you just have to look at, at both teams and say that Bayern is the faster, more talented, and deeper team. I don't think that Cologne is really all that much of a threat the biggest question I have is really whether they will engage with Byron from the beginning of the game or are they going to sit back and just hope to absorb some of Byron's power and bank on one quick counterattack 
to try and offset anything Byron can do. That's been a tactic that a lot of teams have used this season. I think that it's, not, you know, while it's caused Byron some problems at times, overall it's just not that successful. Successful, It does not always lend to the uh, best-looking or most attractive games. Uh, often we'll see Byron uh, struggling to battle through you know, seven, eight, nine men on defense, and it just it just becomes, you know, unappealing in many ways. So hopefully we see Cologne start to engage with Byron, try to play. That would be the best case scenario. Either way, whatever happens, I'm expecting Byron Munich to walk out of this with a three nil victory. That's my official prediction. I just think that they are more equipped at this point in the season to go into the game and uh, take it over from the outset. You know, I think last week against Frankfurt, they kind of got caught looking at the Lazio. And for fans or anyone, for any outside observer, we all sit here and we think, well, how can that happen? How can you look past a good team like Frankfurt and and just, you know, dismiss them? The, the thing is, it happens. It happens in every sport, at every level. There are just sometimes when teams lose their focus temporarily and it has an adverse effect on the field. I think that happened last week. And, you know, it was a learning experience for Bayern, something that hopefully they don't succumb to again. It would be great if they could build from that, get back on the winning track in the Bundesliga this week, and just take care of Cologne like they should. So once again, thanks for listening. I appreciate every time you guys tune in. This is Chuck Smith. You can reach me at the Barrel Blog, or you can hit our primary Twitter account for the site at Bavarian FB Works. Uh, as always, please read uh, BavarianFootballWorks.com for all of the latest Bayern Munich and Bundesliga news. Uh, we've also done a really, really good job of covering the German national team of late. So for any of your Bayern or Germany-related news, just check us out. So once again, thanks a lot, and we will see you next time.